0: Hello and welcome to a series of horrors podcast I'm Jackie from Canada
1: and I am Jeff from America and Jackie today we have almost finished the Saw franchise
0: yeah you would think it would be the finish since it's called the final chapter but it's not
1: but it's not we have one more after this but we're almost there today it's Saw 3D also known as Saw 7 also known as Saw the final chapter
0: Yeah, it was three, like should have been two different movies, but they were smushed into one. So they just decided to give it all the different titles.
1: Oh, as we're starting out, this is kind of the end of this chronicle i guess you know because it has a definite end to the, the little arc we're on this mini arc we're on i'm forwarding now but my question is the way we begin is title font <laughs> opinion, thoughts.
0: title font it was okay it was clearly meant to be 3d but i don't have 3d capability on my tv so it was not 3d for me also it had this weird like blood splatter over it that reminded me of my chemical romances three cheers for sweet revenge album <laughs> <laughs> it was just like some emo kid decided to add the blood splatter
1: <laughs> I don't know You gotta make it fancy come on man. <laughs> you notice when they tried to 3D in this movie but it's not too over the top it's almost like an afterthought to me it's like oh yeah we have 3D throw something on the screen real quick alright let's go back to the movie
0: yeah when I was reading my fun fact research one of those moments is spoiler alert at the end of the movie Dr. Gordon throws a hacksaw at, and that was added as 3D as a last thought because Gary Ellis decided to throw the hacksaw that was not supposed to even happen, and he did it. And they're like, Oh, we should make that into a 3D effect. <laughs> can you do that again?
1: Just throw one more time, just for funsies. Like, if you're looking for them, you'll see them, but they're not really slapping you in the face with it, which I guess would have been cool if you'd have watched them in
0: 3D. Yeah, we had our discussion before. I do not like 3D movies, it's just not my cup of tea.
1: I can take it or leave it, I don't need it, but there's sometimes it makes it better.
0: Name one movie, Jeff
1: Avatar.
0: Okay. I I refused to watch Avatar. I have never seen Avatar because it's Pocahontas and James Cameron is just like, yeah, it's Pocahontas but with blue people. Yeah.
1: But Pocahontas wins in this one. So he's rewriting history.
0: I mean, yes, but Disney already did that. Pocahontas won last time too.
1: Well I don't I didn't watch the cartoon, so I don't know if Pocahontas won.
0: She did until they made the direct to VHS sequel where she's forced to go to England with John Ralph. And it's very weird. And there's like bear baiting and stuff like that. I'm like, no, I don't
1: like this version. So they went to history room. Because didn't Pocahontas actually have to go to England to do things? She
0: did, because they would just show her as the reformed savage. And Ah. yeah, she was just like a museum piece kind of thing. Should we get into it?
1: Let's go. It does have one genuinely, like, authentic "quote unquote" saw trap in it, or saw morality trap kind of game in it. It's not the first one, though.
0: Okay, I'm like, it better not be the first one, Jeff, because I ha- I have things to say. <laughs>
1: And but, it's not the first one. Okay. But it does have one later. <laughs>
0: okay. All right. We'll get to that then. But yeah. first, the movie opens with a kind of recap of the bathroom scene and Adam screaming as uh, John reveals that he was the dead body and the game's over whatever. Then we cut to uh, Dr. Gordon and he's crawling along the hallway floor with his stump leg. And as I'm reading my screen... <laughs> My script with uh, the stump leg, all I can think of is Shia LaBeouf, (laughs) like actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Have you seen that?
1: I have not seen this. No, I don't know what it's about.
0: I feel like you need to like pause and watch this. <laughs> like, it is an incredible thing that I I just can't explain to you.
1: I have excised Sh- Shia LaBeouf for my life. Like I don't engage with anything he does.
0: Actual Cannibal Shia LaBeouf started as not a Shia LaBeouf thing. It was just uh, I forget what the guy who created it was, but his roommate would just walk around very menacingly under his breath, go Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> So then he wrote like a song about how Shia LaBeouf is actually a cannibal and he's chasing you and it's just they did like this huge production of it where they have like a whole choir and orchestra and like these interpretive dancers and then these like four actors that come out with like giant paper mache Shia LaBeouf heads and they're all like dancing along to this ridiculous song about how Shia LaBeouf is actually a cannibal who's after you
1: the craziest thing was when you're calling Shiloh Buff actual cannibal I'm like I can see that <laughs> it's not even like I had a thought like well haha that's a funny joke I'm like oh yeah I can, I can see him probably eating someone. yeah okay I uh... you, saw, you know what he did for the tax collector in that movie he uh, got himself a full body tattoo like all over his body for a part in his one tax collector movie what the fuck and they were he didn't get like the fake or fake pasties or whatever put on it was just like got the work done the whole thing to fit his character and now he just has those oh
0: my God. That's actually insane. I know that uh, Rooney Mara for Girl with Gra- Dragon Tattoo, she got all the real piercings that she needed as the character. But those are easier to get rid of
1: than a tattoo. Yes, you could just you pull them out of the holes of clothes eventually on their own. But this was like, you know what? I'm going to get full sleeves. And the guy that directed him was like, we didn't ask him to do it. He just came in with them because they fit the part supposedly according to him. So we had to add some more <laughs> scenes with him with his shirt off because he did this. Oh my God.
0: Which one was it? Like Fury or something like that? I don't I don't know if he's in Fury, but it's like one of those World War Two movies. He refused to shower because he's like, that's realistic. And then they like the cast and the director had to be like, bro, you need to shower. It's disgusting. We cannot do scenes with you.
1: And I hear Fury's an amazingly good movie, but I haven't watched it.
0: I haven't seen it either. But anyways, back to actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf and the stump leg. There's this part where uh, the character that's in this song, you're like, gets caught in a bear trap. So then you get an amputated leg. And like, there's just like, like you limp into the dark woods, blood oozing from your stump leg. And then like further on and along, it's about Shia LaBeouf is like attacking you with an axe. And it's like, but blood is draining fast from your stump leg. <laughs> As I say, Dr. Gordon's stump leg, that's all that's playing in my head.
1: <laughs> Not for nothing, he's a pretty good surgeon because that stump leg looks very well cut, you know, straight.
0: Yeah, I was very much impressed with the look of this stump leg. I don't know if, they, if it was just like full prosthetic or what, but like the hair placement on it. Very nice. It looked very realistic. But anyways, he's crawling through this hallway. He finds a steaming pipe that's too hot for him to touch. So then he uses it to cauterize his stump leg. And then we cut to Toronto and Roy Thompson Thompson Hall on King Street, right beside St. Andrew's Station. I used to go there all the time.
1: (laughs) Um, oh, good to see you! To see a place, man, you could have been there the day they filmed the movie. Maybe
0: I, you would have known. Yeah, if I had known, quite possible. That was when I was like living right near there too. That they filmed this.
1: I suppose you wouldn't have heard about it, or maybe they film so much you don't hear about all the.
0: Yeah, they film so often in Toronto that you just like you'll hear about it, but you're, it's just like, oh, okay, yeah. Oh, they're filming the Suicide Squad. Cool. Yeah. Hey, friend, you got to serve Jared Leto. Sweet. Like, <laughs> oh, is it though? There's also the time that. Because I lived across from the Ryerson Theater where they have the TIFF like, film festival viewings. They were doing the viewing of Fifty uh, Fifty, And I was just trying to get home and I was not paying attention. I was like texting on my phone or something. And all I could see from my peripheral vision was there was a crowd of people. There was like another bunch of people on the other side. And there was this empty space in the middle. So I'm like, go through the middle. The middle is the red carpet. I somehow, like, evaded security guards and ended up on the red carpet. And I bumped straight into Joseph Gordon-Lovett. And he looked at me and was like, what the actual fuck? And then I had to run because security came after me.
1: Come on, you didn't just play it off. Like, hey, you you should be there. You know, like, I just, we looking for your seat at the premiere or something. Just,
0: yeah, this was clearly, like, depressed university student in their sweatpants <laughs> and on their phone, like, hasn't brushed their hair in days. And I'm like, eh. Joseph gordon it. Hi. I loved you and 10 things I hate about you. Yes, I am aware that that was like 15 years ago.
1: But what has he really done since? It's okay.
0: <laughs> um, where are we? We're in Toronto. And uh, it's the first outdoor trap that we've seen in the Saw series. So this trap is there are two men and they're inside like a display window for a hardware store. And I also love that like Jigsaw's dressed them up to, um, well, it's not Jigsaw, I guess. I guess it's Hoff, but dressed them no. up to uh, look the exact same in the same coveralls.
1: <laughs> that I didn't notice.
0: They're both wearing the same like brown coveralls and they both have the same white long sleeve shirt on. In my head,
1: Ken and they, they, I'm going to say they both worked at the same hardware store. And spoiler warning, they were going out with the, the cashier or something. Home Depot, Love Triangle or whatever um, home improvement stores they have up in Toronto. I don't know.
0: So we first see them; they're both slumped over uh, a table that has these saw blades on it. People start to gather around the display, looking slightly concerned. And then one of the men wakes up, and it's Kai from being Erica, our next being character, being Erica character that has been on Saw. And right across from him is Zach from being Erica. <laughs>
1: Did they just poach the characters, or like, the, were they on break from filming Being Erica, or was it not filming at the time?
0: Yeah, it must have been on break, or they must have just finished uh, airing all of Being Erica, and then these guys just got roles on They are the first two of three Being Erica characters that I noticed personally. But then apparently, there was when I started to research other people to see where I knew them from. There's other people that were in Being Erica, but they were like in one episode as a very side character, so I don't remember them. But anyways. All the being
1: Erica characters—it's like a little being Erica reunion. I don't even know what the show is, but it's but it's very it's very exciting.
0: I found it amusing too because these two men that are on either side of the trap were both Erica's boyfriends at one point. (laughs)
1: oh, what if they would have got Erica to be the girl in this?
0: Right? I mean, I would still hate this trap so much and have so many problems with it. But that would have been slightly, like, at least a wink to me and kind of funny.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just would have been something, you know.
0: Um, The crowd's getting more and more concerned and more and more people are gathering around the display. The man who's in the trap, he realizes that he's chained to the table. And then the other guy, he wakes up So as I said, this is Zach from Being Erica. So in my notes, they're Kai and Zach, even though we do find out their names eventually.
1: They're still just Kai and Zach in my notes. Their names aren't really important, and they don't come back, so it's fun.
0: Exactly. Uh, They clearly recognize each other as they both wake up. And then they're asking the crowd, like, call the police, do something, whatever. One woman's on her cell phone trying to call the police. And then suddenly a sheet rips off of the ceiling of the trap to reveal a scantily clad woman chained to the top of this trap both kai and zach call her baby and then we find out her name is dina uh also we can see here that there's like a loudspeaker attached to the trap and their voices are being like projected out into the street for everyone to hear one woman begins trying to break the glass of the display case with her briefcase but it's not working and then billy the puppet just rolls on out on his tricycle all they see me rolling hating.
1: <laughs> he's riding dirty so i guess that makes sense it's just
0: he starts this whole billy the puppet thing i guess it's not tape time it's just billy the puppet time
1: yeah, I, well i guess it's a tape because you know it's so- not Maybe the tapes inside Billy the Puppet? I'm not sure. Well, I guess it's still tape time.
0: All right. So he says I'd like to play a game. The same woman has played each of you for a fool, manipulating your love for her and causing nothing but pain. Her fun and games pushed you both to break the law to fulfill her material needs. She's toxic, and you're slipping under. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that worked. Today, all of your transgressions will be made public. Dean is crying out that Billy the Puppet's lying, specifically to Kai, not to (laughs) Zach. Now you must choose who will drop out of this triangle for within 60 seconds. One of you must die. If you wish to save her, then the saw must be pushed all the way over to one side or the other, sparing her while proving for good who is indeed the alpha male. Are you both strong enough to walk away from what is destroying you? Or will you fight one more time for the heart that binds? You have 60 seconds to decide. Live or die. Make your choice. So many problems with this, Jeff. So many.
1: Okay. Before you start on those problems, I have a logistical question more than anything else. Okay. Okay. Right, if they wouldn't move, would anybody have died in 60 seconds? Like, did it show like the saw was going to move on its own at any time? Because I only Oh, saw she would just ed- get lowered
0: down into the center and the, there was okay. one center saw.
1: Okay, so that's what it was. All right, yeah. I'm, in my head, I was like, all right, if they just don't do anything, then what? Because it wasn't really, this, won't, this trap wasn't really laid out.
0: Yeah, so there's three saws. Each man is chained close to a circular saw. And then there's a large circular saw that's like sticking straight up in the middle. And Dina would be lowered down onto that center saw after sixty seconds.
1: But they could have pushed it out the way. They right? pushed like,
0: the center saw out of the way and pushed the one of the side saws into one of the dudes. That that's the option for this trap.
1: I'm feeling like they could have done something to get around this one. I'm feeling like they could have moved it just enough to that. I don't know. Just something seems off on this one.
0: Logistically speaking, for the trap, I guess they could have pushed it so that like their saw was like slightly cutting into one person, but like not enough to disembowel them. Yeah, and maybe them. or. My problems with this trap is all the misogyny (laughs) and how horrible and sexist this is that they are saying that, A, you're going to prove that you're the alpha male because you beat the other guy and you get the girl. What the fuck? Also, that implying that this woman deserves to die because she's been two timing, I'm sorry. No. (laughs) All of this is just so wrong. Also, the fact that she's scantily clad is just torture porn to me at this point. Like it's just it's so gross. I really hated this trap and I honestly started to check out of this movie as soon as it was introduced because it pissed me off so much.
1: Yeah, the scanty clap art it was very unnecessary. Spoiler warning, they they choose each other and not her is what at the end of the day what happens on this one.
0: Once they decide that it's her, like they say all these horrible misogynistic things to her, like calling her a bitch. They're saying just it's just so gross. So gross.
1: Yeah, this one was it's out of character for what usually you do to get, get into a situation. So these two guys are get two-timed by this girl. It sucks, but it happens. You know, it's just one of those things, you know, guys two-time girls, girls two-time guys. It's just a thing. They could have done the same trap backwards. But that is that a reason to they don't value their lives? Which is supposed to be, quote-unquote, the reason for you being chosen or you being tested, I guess, to, put, to use... um jigsaw's words mm-hmm.
0: and like also the throwaway line of oh she's made you break the law for her material gain. like in what way we don't get an explanation of that and it's just
1: did they steal from the hardware store like what did they do to what what did they, what laws were broken for her Because i'm assuming they t- they stole something or got money a way they shouldn't have to buy her things and stuff this was just needless you need to start a movie with a trap which is fine what they should have done they should have started the movie with the second trap so the second trap is actually has plot reasons for it.
0: Yeah, I I could agree
1: with that. Which is the trap that's more saw like and it's reasons for the people being in it.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. Also Lincoln Park's lead singer is in it. What? Rest in peace, Jester. But anyways, um, what was I saying? Okay, yeah, so this trap was gross, didn't like it. Also, was very confused why the people were crowding around so hard on this. Like, once people were being cut open and stuff, they're, like, pressing themselves against the glass. Like, ooh, I want a front like road ticket to this.
1: No one does any kind of movements in any way to try to help these people. No one.
0: Well, there's briefcase lady who tries to break it open. And then there's another lady on her cell phone calling. But everyone else is just like, ooh, this is fun. I like
1: this. They should have had people, you know, just have people bang on the glass using things to try to break and the glass being unbreakable. It costs you nothing. Or maybe it does cost you something.
0: They have to pay those actors slightly more because they have an active role. (laughs) And they're like, no, we just want to pay extra pay. Like, that's the.
1: And they have to build the box in a way where they could bang on it and it not shatter, I guess. Maybe they cheaped out on the box and if you breathed on it wrong, it would have fallen apart. I don't know.
0: (laughs) That shoddy Canadian craftsmanship. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so shoddy yeah, so shoddy you know they they, they skimped on it. even though this one i think had the biggest budget of all the saw movies
0: back to this movie so we got a flashback to jill and hoff with the reverse bear trap and then jill sees that hoff is getting out of the trap so she goes running through the hallways and he comes running after her she hides and then we see him wrapping up his hand and his face with a towel and then he walks away and enters his new little shop of horrors Where he's sewing his face shut and uh, watching the news.
1: Is that his like shipping container of horrors, really?
0: Yeah, I guess it's like a shipping container that his shop is in. Something like that. I, I couldn't really tell what it was. Slightly bigger than a shipping container. But anyways, my question is how much time has passed? Because on the news, they're talking about Will's body being found and all this stuff. Didn't he just leave the trap where Will died?
1: It might have jumped around with time. I'm guessing maybe a day-ish or has happened since the first, has passed, I should say, since the first one or since the last one. So he
0: took a full day to go and sew his face back together?
1: You know, he had to get groceries and he he needed to go to the docks to where the shipping containers are. You know, it was was a... He needed to pick up supplies in order to sew his face. Sew his face, sew his face
0: sew. Yeah, that Toronto traffic, it will kill you then.
1: There some mourning. I lost my cheek. You know, <laughs> I'm mourning the loss. Is it me or is like the reverse bear trap becoming like a new character in these movies? I you
0: know, know. It's <laughs> just, it keeps coming back. They slowly were working towards it actually killing someone. They're like, okay, first one gets free. Next one kind of gets free, but like is maimed in the process. Last one. Ha <laughs>
1: I didn't like that happening to the last person. I don't think they deserve the reverse bear trap.
0: Same here. We'll get to that when it happens. First, we cut to a police station, and Jill is in the interrogation room. And there are two new detectives. One of the detectives says that she's here because she doesn't trust the FBI and only wants to talk to Gibson, the main new detective. Gibson introduces himself to Jill and says that his partner says that she wanted to talk to him specifically. Jill says yes, but she wants complete immunity. He asks why, and she says, because of what I know. He's like, which is what? She's like, do we have a deal? He's
1: like, you have to give before you can receive. This is a bold statement, but Gibson is my favorite cop in the entire series, as of right now.
0: Yeah, I i could see that i mean i really like detective dizzy i miss her
1: no i like her too because i was a big fan of starship troopers and she was uh oracle and birds of prey and she was on friends i think she was joey's girl for a while but <laughs> gibson is my favorite yeah and he's like a smart ass but he's like a he wants to be a good cop I mean, he's trying to do right i agree with that i
0: found uh, he's good but he i don't know he's just kind of boring <laughs> kind of like toast without butter
1: <laughs> I got think about the cops we've had in this movie we had crazy tap you know talking to sink from beyond the grave which
0: was very amusing i mean not a great detective but an interesting man
1: <laughs> yeah, he found dr gordon and you just did it because i said so and then we have detective donnie bad cop all the way around
0: yeah not a fan not a fan
1: Not a good cop. We have Rig. Okay. Just, I want to save everyone, but no good. We have Perez, who's in the FBI, which...
0: I mean, she's got a brain. Like, at least she's been putting all this stuff together. And, like, I like her because she's really observant about things. But then she just fails completely as a cop in the end. Like whenever like it really matters, like for example, going straight up to this Billy the puppet thing because she hears it making a noise and then it explodes in her face or when the whole Hoffman attacking thing and she gets the coffee in her face and then decides to shoot the lab tech instead of Hoffman, like when it matters she just fails. <laughs>
1: Yeah, she's no good under pressure. You know, it's just no. Good. When the chips are down, don't call Perez. She has top ten stank eye. Stank her stank <laughs> eye games on He is side eye and just dirty looks all day, man. Yeah, I would hate to do her wrong because that stank eye would be horrible. We have her partner, um, Strom. Wound a little bit too tight.
0: Yeah, that's right. I, I wanted to make the same comment of Strom as we did with Tap of talking to himself constantly in a room with a raspy voice.
1: He's at least, like, he's narrating his own story, which is fine. Uh, tap is just talking to Sing the whole time. I guess Sing was a good cop for the, the ten minutes we had him.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's the one who was like, shouldn't we get back up? And tap's like, no. <laughs> like, he shot the trap to make sure that it didn't kill Jeff. Singh was great. And
1: Gibson never goes anywhere alone. He's going to the bathroom with company. This dude, no matter where he goes in this movie, there's like six guys with shotguns with him. It's every time you see a whole bunch of guys in uniform yeah. just walking around with them.
0: I had a moment where I thought he was going off on his own and got really pissed off and then they cut to it and i'm like oh no he called in the tactical team thank god because i'm like because this works so well the last like eight times why the fuck are you going off alone and it's like nope he wasn't okay cool Never
1: no, Never no, was anywhere alone he, le- he leaves friends in other places don't worry there's more guys i can take with me you stay here while i get these other guys to go with me yeah i'm gonna leave you alone but i'm not gonna be alone oh i have friends you can stay here by yourself <laughs> but I'm taking every other cop in the station with me oh. so Gibbs is still my favorite cop
0: I can see that and other than him being, being a bit boring yeah he's the best cop
1: he tries his best to like liven up the material he's given you see he has a cool little accent That's he tries heartache? to I, well I think so I don't know if I'm but he has a <laughs> He, he seems, his the way he speaks seems out of place to everybody else in the movie, so I'm guessing he's from somewhere else, like he speaks differently than everybody else.
0: Or maybe he's like Ryan Gosling, who's from Canada, but like created his own accent so that he would sound cool when he was a child, and now he just doesn't know how to speak without it.
1: <laughs> That's great. He gave himself an accent. That's wonderful. That's dedication to the craft. I give you, I'll tell you that.
0: But anyways, back to Jill. She says that John had an accomplice for almost every murder, and she knows who it is. This person will go on killing until he is stopped. You know him. He definitely knows
1: you. It's Detective Mark Hoffman, and Gibson's mood totally changes. Like, what you said? You said the magic word. You get whatever you want, all the candy in the store. Like that's it. It's Precisely, he's
0: like, "Yep, immunity, hand down." And I'm just like, "Oh, you are a Canadian police officer, Allah. Let's give a deal to Carla Homoka." No idea, but okay. No idea. Oh. So, Paul Bernardo Zero. case is like one of the most famous Canadian cases. He was the Scarborough rapist and then killed several young girls with the accomplice of his wife, Carla Homoka. And once they got, like, wind of him and they were trying to take him down, they interviewed Carla, and she said that she would lead them to evidence that would convict him, but she wanted to strike a deal with them first and struck a deal with them that basically meant that she would barely get jail time. And then they got these tapes of them torturing and killing these girls, and Carla was like the ringleader like she was getting off on torturing these girls and one of
1: them was her sister so it was like more her than him
0: i mean it was both of them he was a sick fuck in the first place but like she was into it and she was doing it too and then she only got 12 years of jail time and she's out now yeah just like a year or two ago they reported that like because she has a new fake name or whatever she was uh, volunteering at her kid's school and people figured it out and they're like no she is not allowed to be in your children get her away Anyways, we cut back to Hoffman. He's destroying his cell phone and he's burning his ideas. He then opens up a safe and pulls out a box full of pictures. There's this pamphlet on top that has the acronym survive on it. He then cut to film studio and it's a talk show host interviewing a man named Bobby. He's a jigsaw survivor. He says that his experience was life changing, then goes into detail. He has no memory of how he got there. He had to install. Insert hooks into his pectoral muscles and then climb up up these chains and then rip out the hooks. I I don't know exactly what he, like, I figure out in the end what it means, but right now.
1: Yeah, and the, the end proves to me that whatever he said his trap was didn't make logical sense as working the way he said it did.
0: Yeah, because as he was explaining, I'm like, what? I don't understand this trap. So he's just saying that, like, it forced him to fight for his life, and now he has a new appreciation. And I actually wrote at this point, wow, sounds fucking fake. (laughs) (laughs) and
1: you didn't even know i didn't
0: know it just was like this sounds fucking fake man then his pr agent and like his lawyer are bickering after the interview telling bobby that he was supposed to mention his wife and go and kiss her for better ratings on tv and whatever and then and like his agent says that like they have a support group tomorrow whatever we cut away from that scene to Jill walking out of the station, and she sees the tricycle, and then she's taken by Pig Face. Then it shows that Jill is scantily clad once again, another woman, nice and scantily clad, and tied up in a trap, and Hoff is starting up the trap. This long path with this lathe, like at Hoff's end, that's going to go, like, shooting down this trap over to Jill. Hoff says the only thing wrong with killing her is that he can only do it once. He then starts it, and the blade goes speeding towards her down the track and, like, tears Jill into pieces. And then... Jill wakes up. It was all a nightmare. Again with the why is she scantily clad? Like when she was taken in the station's parking lot, she was not scantily clad, but then once she's tied up in a trap, she's in her nightgown without a bra. on. And I'm like,
1: Ugh. "Well, it's already a nightmare, and she's dreaming it to make it worse." So then in her in her mind making it even worse. Like not only am I going to be torn apart by this thing, I'm also having like I just not saying it's right the misogyny.
0: Not saying- getting to me at this point with the movies and I'm like I I'm done I am angry I'm an angry feminist over here <laughs> <laughs> um we then cut to Evan in a trap and Evan is Chester from Lincoln Park Jeff, can you describe this trap?
1: All right. This is an interesting trap. He is sitting in a car, and they must have used all the crazy glue they can find to crazy glue him to this, because there's not that much in these those little teeny tiny bottles, and they have had they had to go through a whole bunch of these crazy glue, as we know, as it says in the label, uh, crazy glue, chemically bonds skin. So he's like, he's stuck. Um, the car, I don't know if it's running yet, but the, the car's running. And there is someone under one of the tires, because it's, it's up on a jack at the gas station. Yes, and
0: she's our scream queen winner. Oh, that's who? The, she's a school
1: commander? yeah, right. she is under attire. There's and there's a friend of him of his across from him where the car could hit him if it were to drop. And he is crazy see. And that's when now it's tape time, right?
0: Yeah. There's also another friend behind him uh, with like kind of like the Troy trap with the chains through his skin and through his jaw and stuff.
1: Yeah, the, the one I try to never look at because that would that, then that's where that's the one that got me the the chain through the thing is just like i know what's gonna happen and i wasn't gonna like the way i was gonna look so i blocked that guy out from my mind
0: (laughs) but he's the important one
1: yes he is the important one which is weird but whatever we'll get to there when we get to there. we will we will okay
0: so tape time I want to play a game. The situation you find yourself in is of your own doing. You, your girlfriend, and your friends are all racists. You have intimidated others based on their physical differences. But today, it is you who will run scared. Your pathetic friends follow your every word, Evan. Therefore, you will be the only one capable of saving them and yourself. In 30 seconds, the jacks holding up this car will fall setting off a deadly chain of events. In order to stop this from happening, you must tear yourself away from the seat to which you are glued. Then you must pull the red lever before you. But no act comes without a sacrifice. You've judged others by the color of their skin. And today, Evan, you will learn that we are all the same color on the inside. Live or die, Evan. The choice is yours. So the timer starts as soon as the tape ends, as does the engine. The engine actually starts now.
1: Not for nothing. Before we keep on going, not only is this a tape, this is an eight track. Yes, it is. So he has pretty, pretty, out of date equipment to record onto an 8 track to then put that into the in the car to make it automatically go in on its own and then start playing in this car which wow hands off to Detective Hoffman. He's
0: kicking it old school but Evan aka Chester from Lincoln Park he starts trying to peel himself away and as he's screaming it's just like the Lincoln Park screams and it made me want to listen to some <laughs> Lincoln Park like <laughs> he just sounded like he does when he's singing and I'm like oh I love Lincoln Park I should listen to some of that. <laughs> oh and then I have a side note and then I started crying because i
1: miss
0: him yeah okay He fails to reach the lever, even though he tries as hard as he can. The car then falls down. It crushes his girlfriend's head. It pulls the chains and his jaw off of the dude that's behind him. And then the car runs right into the front, the guy that was in front of him. And through the wall, then it crashes into another car in a lot of a bunch of cars. And Chester is thrown from the vehicle through two different windshields windshields, and presumably is dead.
1: Yeah, so this trap was cool because, you know, they have done something granted they didn't it's not they didn't value their lives they didn't value other people's lives which take get which makes sense. But also, which is counterintuitive to how the rest of the movie goes, this one actually had a way out if he would have hit the lever, I guess. Well, I'm, I'm assuming probably not, mm-hmm. but because we need this to happen for the rest of the movie to continue. Because if he would have got out and saved, you can't have the rest of the movie.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I'm sure that this is an impossible trap in one way or another.
1: Yeah. So I just would, if it was an impossible trap, I just would have made him, Chester, hit the lever and nothing happened. Or maybe just the lever rushes the trap into, into doing what it's going to do. You know, something. Yeah. Because you already know he's not, he's they're not going to make it because they can't make it for the rest of this movie to happen. So, might as well have him succeed and hit the trap, hit hit the lever, and still fail. They've done it before.
0: But oh well. At this point, we cut to the survive support group. Simone's joining. Simone is from was it the last movie or the movie before the the lady who had to cut off her arm, who was from Scream.
1: It was the last movie. It's the the trap that started off the last movie. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, she now has a prosthetic arm. You see that there is a camera crew there. My note is what the actual fuck. <laughs> then. A woman named Sydney is sharing her story um, and saying how she suffers from PTSD thanks to the experience. Bobby asked her to tell what happened, and so we cut to a flashback of Sydney hanging off of a bar over her head, and there's another guy who's also hanging in front of her. They're dangling above a bunch of fans, and she hits the dude in front of her, and he falls to his death. Then I I have a note, because I guess in the trap, there was a box of garden gnomes. I'm like, why is there a box of garden gnomes?
1: This is a trap you say they gave no thought to whatsoever. Like, all right, we need a trap this lady to talk about. They're hung over some fans. All right, fine, let's do this.
0: And let's just put a box of garden gnomes here, because they're
1: creepy, No one likes garden gnomes. Put them over there.
0: <laughs> I don't get it. But anyways, cut got back to Sydney in present day and she's saying that her decision made her feel free because he was abusive and she couldn't stop him. It was me or him and I chose to live it was the best thing that i that ever happened to me Simone calls it a bullshit <laughs> she's just like he he had to die for you to leave him like what the fuck no. i don't have an arm yeah. i don't have an arm the best thing that happened to me like since this trap uh, and I had to cut off my arm, is that I get handicapped parking at the mall.
1: But um, they should just have the person in the background rim shot, just something because.
0: <laughs> yeah, Dr. Gordon in the background with the <laughs> snare drum. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um,
0: yay. And then I'm continuing to go, what the hell are the cameras here for? But clearly it's Bobby selling some absolute bullshit and, and documenting the process and how this whole thing made him stronger. Uh, we cut to different people in this group. We see clean cut from saw five we see the mum from saw six and who else do we see in this we see kai we see zach uh, we see Addie, who was uh, William's secretary. Yeah, we see a whole bunch of people, and the yeah, whole time whole bunch, yeah. Bobby's saying that you know each person eventually found something positive from their experience. He understands that Simone isn't there yet, but we are good, we are stronger, and he starts undressing. And I'm like, what? He's like, I want everyone to have, a- I want everyone to have a look at something. Winky face. And then he shows that there's these scars on his chest and they really aren't that bad of scars considering what he's saying happened to him. And then he's just waxing poetic about the scars and that they aren't shameful and they are a badge of courage. Then he makes some statement about valuing loved ones, which he didn't prior to his ordeal. But since then he's found someone who has truly become his rock He calls over Joyce to join the group from the sideline of all the PR people and the agent the lawyer or whatever. He's like, my lovely wife, Joyce, and he kisses her like his PR agent had wanted him to do in the first place. And I'm just like, this is grosser than all the gore in this movie. Really? I don't know. It's just profiting off of people's actual tragedies.
1: Ah, Ah, yes, that part and like yeah i thought not that about him kissing his wife I, was like, I thought that was the one relation that i thought wasn't bullshit or the way that they don't allude to it being fake i guess or
0: well it completely is fake because he hasn't been honest with her so
1: yeah from her side is real Is well like she's like the one true victim and out of the people in that trap the one that i'm like damn mm. she shouldn't be dying
0: well she's a yeah. very nice person and she shouldn't be dying i agree but I mean, their relationship's completely fake because it's based on a lie. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah. But she doesn't know that.
0: I know, but still, like, it's just just gross. It's all so gross. I don't like it. Anyways, but then.
1: I just feel bad for her, I think. I did the whole thing. Oh, like, yes. Damn, I feel bad for you. You don't deserve this, I guess. Because you're with this guy that you think you're helping him through a trauma that he had, or you've been with him because he went through a trauma, or whatever. You're know, know, you you know, you helping him, and you're with him and together, and then it's all fake. It's all lies. He's using you for, I don't know, companionship. I don't know what it is. I don't know.
0: Companionship cool. and ratings, apparently, because that's what he's doing right here is using his wife for ratings Ugh. anyways then dr g is in the house and he's coming in with the slow clap
1: and the stank guy you know he talked to perez she showed him how to do the stank thing. yeah boy,
0: <laughs> so he says you know, uh, that he's speaking for everyone here when he says how grateful they are to be part of their promotional dvd and i'm like yes with the sass did lee winnell come in for that one
1: no, I think since uh, he spent a couple days with them probably trapped in a room, he, he <laughs> picked up some sass. He up.
0: We get a fast exit. The agent's asking Bobby about Dr. Gordon. Is he someone to worry about? And Bobby says no. He walks out to the car and his wife had gone ahead and he notices that the car is on, but Joyce is not in it. And then he's taken by Big Face. We then cut to the morgue and Gibson is eating an apple. So we know what that means, right?
1: He's an asshole. Oh Wait, no. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what that means?
1: It it does, a corner cinema sense yeah. You know, you wanna make someone seem like an asshole? Make them have them have them eat an apple. So yeah.
0: And like on top of which he's eating an apple while looking at a very mutilated head and torso of a cadaver. Like he's just like, mm, this apple's great. That's a
1: real gruesome body over there. They love having coroners eat food while they're going over dead bodies. It's like always. They're always like snagging on something while they're cutting people open in movies and TV shows. Make it look like it's a mundane thing for them, even though it's something crazy for the rest of us. I don't know.
0: But the coroner hands Gibbs a file and says this should wrap up the weekly. Then he leaves the morgue and he answers his cell phone. It's the other new detective who we don't have a name for yet, but we will get it later. It's Roger's. He's at the junkyard where Chester has gone through his trap, and Gibbs heads over to the crime scene. They're listening to the tape. It's warped from the crash, I think. Like, it's it sounds all off.
1: And it's an 8-track, though.
0: Yeah. Gibbs uh, is asking why these victims and why now, and he's telling the technicians to get the bodies to the coroner to check on, like, tattoos, skin cuttings, piercings, all that shit ASAP. The new detective calls Gibson over and says Hoff is expecting him, and there, he's in a bathroom. On the bathroom wall, it says, Gibson, see for yourself. And then there's the reverse bear trap on the floor. Gibson says to dust for prints, and then we cut to Bobby. So Bobby wakes up in this metal cage, and it says survive on one end. TV turns on. We get Billy the Puppet, and it's taped.
1: It's tape time. It's tape time. Videotape time.
0: Video tape time. I want to play a game. You have amassed wealth, fame, and no... Oh, I can't say this word. (laughs) Notoriety.
1: Notoriety, yes.
0: Thank you, Jeff. I'm having a struggle here. Okay. Based upon your story of survival, many have aided in your cause, but few know the truth. You are a liar. And then I have in brackets, called it! (laughs) You and I both know you have never been in a trap, nor have you ever been tested. Today, these lies will come full circle, and you will learn if you truly have what it takes to call yourself a survivor. The cage you find yourself in will symbolize your rebirth. So the screen then cuts to Joyce, who's also in a trap. It continues, within the next 60 minutes, you must stay upon the path of learning and traverse a series of obstacles. To obtain access to your wife, who you have also deceived. If you fail to reach her before the clock runs out, she will die. Live or die, Bobby. Make your choice. The tape ends and these bright lights come on and we see that on the stairway there's the words painted, Start your life anew. The cage that he's in is attached to a chain and a pulley system and it starts pulling him up so that the cage is now vertical.
1: And he gets pretty much. If I remember right, he gets dumped off the cage at this
0: point. Um. So like, there's a pit of knives that unfolds below him, and then he pulls like a handle that's over top of his head, and then that releases the bottom of the cage. So he almost falls into the pit of knives, but he catches himself on the cage and he clings to the sides. He then begins to swing himself back and forth so that he can jump clear of the knife pit. We cut to Joyce. She's chained by her neck to the floor. She's screaming for Bobby to help. Monitor turns on and she sees Bobby... Uh, in the cage, like swinging. We flash back to Bobby at a bar, watching news of another Jigsaw survivor coming forward. Now it's Sam from Being Erica, Erica's sister, and she's in a really <laughs> bad wig. <laughs> Here we go. all right. Two of our wonderful tropes in Saw: a Being Erica character and a bad wig. Good job.
1: Oh, bad wig. See, maybe the casting agent was like a fan of like Being Erica.
0: Maybe, or they were just like Toronto actors. Oh, you're like kind of famous but not really you're canadian famous we will add you to this movie
1: wait because i know who none of these people are i have never heard of these people i don't know what being erica is so hey so it worked that's what we're going for
0: as far as being erica goes the only actress that you may recognize is erin kerplunk who is erica in the series and she's been in a bunch of different little things including slasher
1: I think I love her now just because her last name is Kerplunk. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, don't, I don't know who she is. Um, I'll have to look her up now. I might
0: be rem- remembering her last name wrong, but I think that was her last name. <laughs> um,
1: oh, I hope it is Kerplunk at this point. Man. It, even if it's not, that's what I want to call her.
0: <laughs> but anyways, Sam is here. She has a Dorothy Hamill haircut, and she's saying that the horror she experienced gave her l- – Life, as wrong as it may seem, she is better for enduring it. So then we see Bobby's agent guy, like he's sitting beside him at the bar, and he says, If they weren't so damaged after, they'd make bank on these stories. We then cut mm-hmm. back to Bobby in the trap. He gets up. Sorry, he was able to jump clear of the knife. So he gets up and he runs up the stairs. The doors say, Understand your problems. He begins following a pathway that's painted on the floor. We cut to Gibbs. He's putting the reverse bear trap on a table in Jill's room. So, so many questions here. A, why does he have evidence that he's just handling barehanded again and bringing it to a potential uh, suspect's house and just dropping it on the table in front of them?
1: Hmm? Well, she already has immunity, so they would have used that against her.
0: Because at this point, he's like, We found your fingerprints on this. What does that mean? Like, I knew I shouldn't have trusted you. You looked crazy from the moment that I saw you. Blood." And I'm like, What is happening here? You, like,
1: come on. You can't lie to, to Gibson. He gets mad. You know, he, his feelings are all in there. You hurt his feelings.
0: I just, like, are there any good cops that are looking to get a proper conviction in the city? Any? Because, <laughs> like, mishandling evidence again.
1: Well, he only cares about getting Hoffman.
0: Anyways, Gibbs says that a real it's a real clever design. Was it Jill's or her husband's? And Jill's saying that everything was him. Gibbs says that her fingerprints are all over it. And it was left for him at the crime scene of some other victims. But when you told me Hoff had it in for you, you didn't mention it was because you tried to kill him.
1: I love the look on her face when he says that. When she, he says that, because she's like, oh, well, you know, <laughs> womp, womp. you got me. She's like, I already have immunity, bitch. <laughs> exactly. She's like, hmm. she just like shrugs, like, well, you know.
0: Yeah, and so Gnebs is like pacing and calling Jill crazy. Then I have the note broke. You're the one who's acting unhinged here. Jill says that Hoth could could find her here. Gibbs dismisses her says it's a safe house leaves the room that has a curtain for a doorway instead of doors (laughs) so many questions but on the other side of the curtain is a desk with a female detective like sitting at it she brings Gibbs a DVD that's labeled play me and she says that it was sent to the house addressed to Jill Hoff knows our location new detective aka Roger calls Gibbs says there was a small explosion in the car at Chester's crime scene then there's a huge boom and a bigger explosion goes off i have the note run away from monty python <laughs> <laughs> gibbs tells them to bring in the bomb squad and stop touching things we then cut to uh, them playing hoff's dvd and it's tape time but dvd time this time yeah i
1: don't, I don't like the hoffman dvds he doesn't have the flare jigsaw does for these things
0: Alright, DVD tub. Hello, Gibson. Been a long time. What I want is simple. Give me Jill Tuck. You're protecting her despite the fact that she had direct knowledge throughout, which makes her complicit in every death. I'll make you a deal. Give her to me. The game stops and no one else dies. If not, everyone dies and you'll be to blame. Make your choice. The clock is ticking. Gibbs says, bring Jill to the holding cell at the station. Lock it down. No one gets in without his authority. We then cut back to Bobby. The next door says, redefine your priorities. He enters and the lights turn on to reveal the bitchy blonde PR agent in a straitjacket inside some sort of trap. And she's screaming for help.
1: You want to explain this trap? I'm not a fan of this one, but okay. Um, this one, she is, she's like in a cage with collar around her neck so she can't move. Okay, something like a straight jacket on, so she can't move her arms. And there are jagged pipes. They're refined up to a point, Four of them pointing at her neck. The point of this trap is, um, they really tried to lay down the hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil thing on, on these traps. I
0: also really hated because it's very over the top and hokey. Like you're really beating yeah. us over the head with this one.
1: And it's funny. I didn't get it until the third trap when he's like, she he didn't see no evil, so now he can't speak or some ridiculous stupid.
0: I got it right away. I'm like, oh my god, are you gonna do this for every trap? Uh. So
1: because she could see what he was doing she decided to speak lies or something
0: well we have the tape so, so
1: okay i'll say you the tape in a minute but before we get to the tape so the way the trap works is if she speaks the the, the the jagged pipes get closer to her skewers? neck, your neck. skewers i was trying I to give know? you another word <laughs> Like skewers but they have like their pipes because they're like there's like a hole in them right yeah, I know. Like, let's dive into her neck for killing purposes oh She swallowed a key that's in her stomach and the way to pull it was with a fish hook, which pulling the key is going to destroy her insides anyway. So she was not going to survive this trap. No ifs, ands, or buts. Anyway, tape time. (laughs)
0: Tape time! He finds a recorder in the room. Written on the wall says, play me. He plays the tape. Before you is one of your trusted colleagues. She has been your publicist for years, knowing your lies but choosing to speak no evil. She has been richly rewarded for... her words but today she will be rewarded for her silence in the x-ray you will see a key the key to nina's survival which will shut off her device but there's a catch you have one minute to pull the fish hook from her stomach and unlock her device or else the four spikes will penetrate her throat silencing nina forever remember the spikes will also advance each time the decibel level in this room rises above a whisper killing her even sooner will nina live Or die, Bobby. The choice is yours. I would say the choice is more Nina's. But
1: anyways. And then he he gets mad at her for yelling.
0: Yeah, she just keeps on screaming, like no like right from the start. As soon as the tape like is plays and it's like the decibel level, and she's like
1: (gasps) screams at the top of her lungs. The very first thing she does, the second the tape stops. Scream. I'm like, Did you not hear this? Did yeah. you not hear it? You're in the room, right? You didn't and okay. She is there supposedly because she knew what he was doing and then lied for fine. She's a publicist. You don't get a publicist day one. I'm assuming the book came out, it had sales, and then they hired a publicist to just I to thought that she
0: I didn't write it down, but I think that she might have been at the bar with him and uh agent dude.
1: I think the agent dude was her friend was his friend, but that's the only person I remember in the bar with him. I don't or anybody else. There was a
0: blonde sitting beside them, but like she got up and left. And I was like, oh, was it Nina or was it just another random blonde? Don't know.
1: The series is full of random blondes. <laughs> yes, this is true. Good wigs, bad wigs, are just random blondes. So the whole thing is granted, she's lying for him, but her that's her job in a way. And doesn't mean that she knew what he was up to. She's like, all right, I'm, my job is to sell this story. Mm-hmm. Maybe she thought it was true and just, maybe, I don't think she cared whether or not it was true. My job is to get this guy more sales or whatever. So that's what I did. Not the most happy job, I guess, in the world. But it's not worthy of you having a, a key in your stomach with a fish to pull it out? I mean,
0: if anything, we have seen throughout this series that Jigsaw overreacts to people and claims that everybody is not valuing their lives. And it's just in accordance to him, not accordance to anyone else. Basically, so Bobby does manage to get the key out of her stomach, but she just keeps on screaming. So the spikes kill her.
1: And it didn't take him forever. He has the key. And I don't know if he doesn't know how to work a key in a lock.
0: No, like... He was just about to get it, but then she just screamed so much that the spikes were like were already like right there when he finally got the key out and then she started screaming more and they were already like just about to touch her neck and she starts screaming more so he doesn't have time to put the key in. He doesn't make it, and then we cut to Joyce and we see that she's brought to her knees as the chain shortens around her neck. Bobby moves on and he finds his book uh, on a table in the next room. It's a signed copy that's addressed to John. We get this flashback of his book signing. There's a woman that and she's saying that the book changed her life. She could feel what he went through. Then uh, John throws his book on the table. He's wearing a hoodie and a backwards cap. <laughs> And I was like, early John, like it would be less like obvious if you were wearing your robe right now. Like you do not
1: look like <laughs> you should be wearing this. And nobody knows who he who he is anyway at this point. Yeah. Oh wait, no, they they would yeah they would because it's a book about stuff. Oh
0: you look so suspicious
1: right now. This, this is how normal people dress, right? Normal people dress like this. They wear hoodies and hats, right? That's the way it is? I'm not sure. I'm always in nice velvet and silk robes in my house, so I don't really know how people dress in the real world.
0: Aww. John makes the observation that Bobby has an army of people working for him. He asks if uh, he sees anything wrong with it, and then subtly accuses him of lying, then goes just full into it, and the agent tells John that he needs to move on. John takes off the dust cover of the book, and he says, "It's a nice picture, but I don't need it." We've met.
1: The thing they would—if somebody act that creepy at a book signing—I think they would have called security at least. Is like, do you know in ancient Egypt? If you lied on the public record, they would take you to the quarry and murder you? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. You should think about that, maybe. You know, that's what should happen to liars, I think. I believe. Yeah,
0: John is anything but subtle.
1: <laughs> but he just ratchets up the like the, the creepiness to Eleven. He's not really walling out, but he's like at Eleven just like, so, liar. How's it feel, liar, <laughs> to lie in his lying book? <laughs> he's
0: just like, pointing liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> Anyways, we cut back to the morgue. The crime scene guy says that the coroner needs to start processing the junkyard victims as soon as possible. We then cut to the station upstairs and Gibbs and Rogers are looking over the Hoffman DVD. Gibbs points out that there's this statue of an angel behind Hoffman and he says that he knows it from somewhere but can't place it. The female detective says that she's got something We might know who is in the the game. This was just sent to us. It was taken from a security camera downtown. The guy's name is Bobby Dagan, a jigsaw survivor who's milking it on talk shows. His wife and handlers are also missing. We then cut back to Bobby following his painted path to the next door that says, verify your self-worth through commitment Bobby enters and can hear a woman crying and he's calling out and he's asking if it's Joyce and all I could think of was just friends like mom hello Joyce (laughs) (laughs) hello How did you get to Joyce's? we He finds out that it's Suzanne, his lawyer.
1: She is strapped like to a gurney, more or less. And no thought was put into this because she is a lawyer and I guess she hears evil and doesn't speak it or something. I don't know what her thing is. But as the timer goes, the gurney's going to tilt forward and, and impale her eyes and mouth yeah. onto three spikes, thus killing her.
0: Yeah, he can stop it by this other device where... It like is his sides.
1: Yeah, it's like a workout thing where you have to like get on. You put the bars on your shoulder and you stand up and like you do like the, the calf one. You raise your calves and stuff. If you do that. Um, has to lift a certain amount of weight and it will jab him in the sides. But he has to hold it there for a certain amount of time. I think thirty seconds or something in order for her to survive and that's it. So this seems to be an easy survivable trap.
0: Really, the puppet comes crashing through a window.
1: <laughs> Billy the puppet jumps scare.
0: Yeah, and probably a three D effect. He then you know has his inner puppet tape time. <laughs> That feeling running through your body is fear. The fear of not knowing if you have what it takes to survive. Before you is your lawyer, who swore an oath of ethics, but chose to see no evil in order to benefit herself. Once her device begins to rotate, it will pierce her eyes and mouth, if you don't delay its movement for at least 30 seconds. To do this, you must step on into the other machine and lift the bards to the highest position long enough to close the circuit, slowing down her device. If you do nothing, she will wind to her death before the clock runs out. Do you have what it takes to help her? Make your choice. The tape ends and the timer starts immediately. This red light comes on the machine and then it turns on. She starts turning and he runs back to her instead of to the device and is like,
1: I don't know what to do. I'm worthless and useless. At least I was able to save people. I was able to do stuff when I was in these traps. But no, this guy do anything. At least you put in the effort. (laughs) I did. I tried. You know, and I got one. But and I got one. No, not Daniel or whatever his name is. (laughs) This is Bobby. But Bobby. Yeah. For those of you that may have missed it, (laughs) Jeff was one of the victims. (laughs) Jeff was a victim in part three in his trap. Yeah. So (laughs) 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 I'm saying me.
0: (laughs) Our actual Jeff from America here was not in any Saw traps. Don't worry. No Jeffs. No real Jeffs were harmed in the making.
1: <laughs> None. Um, um, until you guys get your funds together and send Jackie and Jeff to the Saw escape room in Vegas.
0: And then I will promise that I will sacrifice Jeff over and over again.
1: <laughs> and then it'll be the Jackie podcast on our own.
0: You know, much like Lee Winnell, I'll just get my other Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll hold auditions, open auditions for all Jeffs
1: <laughs> most like horror movies
0: uh, so Bobby fails to be able to lift the bar for long enough, and therefore the lawyer is pierced through her eyes and mouth. He then cut to Joyce and her chain shortens again. The door opens behind Bobby, and he heads on.
1: All right, now, before he heads on, this trap, you know, he has to go on this thing to lift up this weight and hold. All he has to do is hold it with his legs for 30 seconds. While he's doing that, he is getting jabbed in the side with another spike, I guess. Which wouldn't feel pleasant, I'm sure. It seemed very, very, very doable, unlike almost any other game slash trap in the six movies before this. Yeah.
0: I completely agree.
1: Like, it was 30 seconds of pain, don't get me wrong, but it was not like it was not like you saw the thing jabbing him or electrifying him or something that would make it a lot more uncomfortable to hold. Mm-hmm. But people, hell, two movies ago, somebody used a circular saw up halfway up their forearm to get some blood out, and they were able to do it.
0: I mean, as Simone has already told him, she had to cut off her fucking arm, okay?
1: He has handicapped parking privileges, damn it.
0: But we cut back to Jill. She's now in a cell at the station. Uh, and her cell is very nicely decorated. She, ha- she brought sheets from home. <laughs> she has all of her... <laughs> <laughs> comfortable things around her. It, she's having a great time. She got like little
1: knickknacks and stuff. She, you know, she really decorated this thing. Like, she, maybe she was moving in.
0: Yeah, she's like, you know, until Hoffman's dead, I'm just going to live here and it's going to be a great time. Gibbs asked her if she knew Chester from his picture. She says that I've seen him on TV, but I don't
1: know him. No, it wasn't Chester. It was um Bobby.
0: No, I I, I paused it and I looked at the picture and it was most definitely Chester from Lincoln Park.
1: It wasn't supposed to be because why would she know Chester from? tv i don't know unless she knows the, unless she's a fan of linkin park then maybe it looked
0: like chester
1: <laughs> bobby makes sense because you know he's on a boat tour and on tv yeah on that TV does
0: make sense i don't know i paused it and i'm like who is the picture of oh that looks exactly like chester okay does bobby look like chester maybe i just in my heart i really wanted it to be chester because i love him so <laughs>
1: That is my guess. That that is where I'm going to go. Uh, like,
0: yep, I'll believe it. Okay. She asks, I mean, sorry, Gibbs asks if uh John knew this man and she says she doesn't know. Then we're back to the like bullpen of the station. The female detective says that Hoffman sent them an email and that they're searching the IP address of the file video and we have another tape time, although without the tape.
1: Yeah, DVD time. Yeah. M-
0: MP4 file time. <laughs> Yeah, MP4 file. Yeah, MP4. Yeah, <laughs> nice little, nice little uh, name of negative pro. <laughs> okay. Once again, we're at a moral crossroads. I don't blame you for not giving me jail tuck, but you shouldn't let an old grudge cloud your judgment. Look to where you're being led. Look beyond the crossroads to the clear dawn. Do you see it? gib says that he gets it immediately let's go we then cut to bobby the next door says ignore your detractors he enters there's barely any floor it's just like a couple of beams and stuff and like we can see through to the floor underneath them does that make sense
1: yeah like it's uh, they're on a second story then the uh, factory whatever building they're on the second story on the second floor and there is no floor under them so we see we see the first floor
0: Exactly. His agent is on the opposite side of this hallway. He has some sort of device that's over his eyes on his head and is attached to a chain. Bobby immediately tells him not to move and then he sees that there is a tape layer.
1: This is the most checked out of all the traps. like The, the writer said, I'm just checked out. So, um, he's blindfolded and can't see and has to walk over planks to live. Yep. Right, that's good enough. Fine, up Let's go. This was <laughs> a go. really
0: dumb trap and also Bobby's way of working it is really dumb, but we'll get to that. So, the tape. Across from you is your closest friend. He knows all your sins, yet he acts as though he hears no evil. Today, what he hears will be the difference between life and death. Bobby, you must help Kale walk over the planks and get as close to you as possible find your own way across the beams to the key you must get it uh, over the last span between you if the noose around Kale's neck is not removed within 60 seconds, a winch will be engaged and your secret will be left hanging. Does Kale live or die, Bobby? The choice is yours. So Bobby starts instructing Kale where to step while well, he makes his way over to him as well. And Bobby is like barely trying to make his way. Like it's just like really he's taking forever to walk when he's the one that can see. And then he
1: also... <laughs> directs he takes like the worst route the worst route worst route
0: and also directs Kale to the worst worst route like so Kale gets across the first beam and then instead of telling him to step slightly to your left or right I forget what it is to go across the plank that clearly is strong like it's a beam versus a 2 by 4 that's been like placed there he's like no just walk across the 2 by 4 that will clearly not hold your weight
1: it's ridiculous this is like there's no thought into this the 3Ds affect this hero quite a bit quite a bunch because he's still falling he's thing swinging uh long story short they don't make it
0: yeah well like so kale like walks across this two by four it breaks he almost falls to his death there but he is able to grab the beam that i said he should have walked on bobby gets the key and there's eight seconds away and what he decides to do instead of like trying to get to kale so that he can undo his lock he throws the key to the guy that is blind
1: and it's a good throw because it hits him right center chest perfect
0: sure but he can't fucking see jeff
1: (laughs) Well, you beat me to it, but he doesn't—he can't see it, so it hits right, right in the chest and falls to the first floor where no one can get it. I think that's says I'm yeah. and he's right. And a winch activates, and Raymond pretty much pulls him out of frame I think we see him being hanged. We do. I thought we saw him later when um when the tech team shows up. No,
0: I think it like pans up to him being hanged.
1: Well, oh, the way the winch pulled the motor snapped his neck.
0: Anyway. We then cut to good old Joyce. Joyce? Uh, and her chain shortens again. We're cutting to Gibbs and Detective Rogers. They arrive at the location that Gibbs had gleaned from Hoffman's tape. Um and I'm like they arrive, Detective TAP and sings dial without backup. <laughs> like, don't know why they decided to do this. But anyways, yes, so they find the angel statue that uh, Gibbs had recognized from before in the video. And then Gibbs says that years ago uh, he was sent there and he remembers this like place because this is where Hoff saved his life. So he was a beat cop. He responded to a distress call that brought him here. This was like a flop house for junkies. We then see in the flashback that a homeless man sneaks up on Gibbs and attacks him. He gets his gun. And then Hoffman comes up behind him and gets the guy to drop the gun. But then he shoots him in the back, in the head anyways. Hoff says that next time, you shoot first and you owe me to Gibbs. Uh, Gibbs says that he reported Hoffman for brutality and that instead of getting reprimanded, he got a promotion. Gibbs then transferred to Internal Affairs and he busted three of Hoffman's guys and Hoffman said that he'd get him back. Then uh, the place that they're in, this abandoned building, was called Crossroads uh, Manufacturing before it closed. The man he killed was released from Clear Dawn Psychiatric Hospital when the state shut it down. Thank you, Reagan. Anyways, (laughs) abandoned building. Gibbs says that's where the game is being played and sends Detective Rogers back to the station to watch over Jill and he goes off to check out the building. And I thought this was the part where I thought that he went off by himself to go check out the building. I'm like not again. When has this ever helped anyone? But no, he he did call in a tactical team. Good job, Gibbs.
1: I thought the same thing but the seconds and when he leaves the tactical team and goes somewhere else, like oh, the tech team's already here. He can't take them somewhere else, but there's more guys. So yeah, it was like (laughs) I thought the same thing but at a later scene.
0: Yeah, I, I was like, okay, well, then I can use this joke later. <laughs> I was like, oh, nope, he's still called guy, So I'm just going just to say the joke, even though it didn't happen. Uh, we cut to Bobby. He's coming down some stairs and the wall says, value your loved ones. There's a timer on the wall and a TV turns on to a feed of Joyce. They can see each other and they can hear each other. So they begin talking. But then the feed cuts out to Billy the puppet. We get some tape time. Same time. Before you is the door that leads to your wife. However, you must first make a choice. As you may have guessed, your decision will be as difficult as pulling teeth. The lock before you requires a four-digit combination. To open, however, if it is access you seek, then the true sacrifice will have to be made. Watch and learn, Bobby. The tape then cuts to a mannequin with teeth, which was the creepiest looking mannequin ever. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then uh, the teeth being pulled out with pliers. There are pliers in the room, and there's also a chart on the wall.
1: Yeah, a mouth. Yeah. yeah, pointing this this tooth and this tooth.
0: Yeah, exactly. The necessary numbers have been etched onto your own teeth. Look to the chart as a reference for which teeth to pull and in which order to enter the digits. Time is ticking down. You must make your decision quickly. He then turns away from the camera and he's telling Joyce that he does not want her to see this.
1: Wouldn't blame her because this is very uh, Marathon Man vibes. So.
0: Yeah, pulling teeth without anesthetic. Not not a fun time. No. We cut to the tactical team that Gibbs has called. Yay! <laughs> and oh, <man. laughs> they're, they're entering the abandoned building. We see the knife trap that... Bobby first escaped and we see the screen with Joyce on it. There's a timer on top. It says 17 minutes and 40 seconds. Gibbs is like, the game is still on. I was like, I wish he had said a foot instead.
1: That would have been great. (laughs) And this tag team is very nonchalant about roaming through this place.
0: Yeah, they have no problems. Just like, let's just burst through doors.
1: No, we have 17 minutes. Let's take our time.
0: I mean, they do have to follow the path along and then also clear each area to make sure that they aren't going to die, which they do. Spoiler alert. Anyways, game's still on. Bobby is struggling. Uh, There's lots of blood. The team finds Nina Then Gibbs gets a phone call. It's the female detective. She says that she traced the email back to the junkyard where Chester's trap was. Gibbs splits from the team to go get Hoff. Then Detective Rogers uh, gets a call as he paces outside Jill's cell. Jill's asking what happened. Roger says Gibbs got Hoff's location. The game is over. Bobby is struggling. Meanwhile, the team find Suzanne and hear Bobby screaming. And they're like, we've got a live one. Bobby gets the teeth out and uh, he starts putting the combination in. Also, like these numbers were very neatly etched into his teeth. Was this Hoff? Like, I'm wondering how he got his back molars. And
1: they looked like they were edged where the teeth would be, like, in his jaw still, like, very close to, like, not where the top part, like, close to the, the root, I guess. And even though the chart was there saying A and B, I still would not know which combo of numbers would go first in this four-digit combination thing. Yeah. It says A and B. Is it your left or my left? Or is it, like, parallel to me, like a mirror? Like, it would just, I would still be... Would
0: need a few trial and error t- tries, you know.
1: Yeah, I would need something. But he gets it in one shot. Good for him.
0: Good for him. He's better at directions than us. <laughs> Um, All right. Bobby makes it through the door. There's still a painted path. He follows it. Gibbs is at the scene. He tells the other cop to, oh, the other cops at uh, the Junker that they need to grab their shotguns and follow him. He enters the bathroom and he decides to break the mirror and discovers that there's a trap door behind it. He enters this like maze that enters into another little shop of horrors, but not the one that we saw at the beginning of the movie. There's a figure in a robe sitting at a desk watching the monitors. Then we cut back to Bobby. The walls say, Embrace every day as if it's your last. He finds Joyce, and then there's electrified wires blocking his path to her. The TV turns on, and.
1: Yeah, new tape time. Yeah,
0: it's a new New tape tape. time. The TV turns on, and it's Billy the puppet. This tape. You have almost completed your rebirth. However, your final task will be your most difficult. The woman before you symbolizes your success. She is your trophy. And again, with the misogyny. Yeah. (laughs) And she has seen the good in your message, despite its dishonest beginnings. Today, we will see if you can truly earn her love. To prove your status as a survivor, you must overcome a game that should be all too familiar. You supposedly survived it once already. So it should be easy to survive once again. Pierce the hooks through your chest muscles and the game will begin. In order to free yourself and your wife, you must hoist yourself with these chains and connect the extension cords above you before the clock expires. There's four minutes on the clock. Both hands will be needed to complete this task, but that should be simple for... As you claim to understand, the pectoral muscles can easily support your weight. So I ask you, Bobby, when you embrace every day as if it is your last, will you be with your wife? Make your choice. He admits he lied to his wife and that he was never in a trap before. Meanwhile, the team is making their way through. Gibbs knocks over uh, fi- the figure in the chair. It's the dude from Chester's Trap that got his jaw ripped out. Then we see... And we
1: got our flashback finally, right? This time? Well,
0: first we see the Charlie Day board and it shows Bobby and all of his friends. And then we're back to Joyce and she's asking uh, how he could let her believe that. Bobby says he's going to make it right. And she's like, I'm your wife. How could you lie to me? And I'm like, seriously? How many wives are lied to you every single fucking day?
1: <laughs> and not for nothing, this isn't the time. You can, you can have this fight later. There's something going yeah. on right now. <laughs>
0: Um, there is the exact same angel statue in the little shop that Gibson is standing in. And then we have our flashbacks of Gibson putting it together. He notices that the monitors are feeds from the police station security cameras. Then he puts it together that the body was stolen from the body bag when the bomb squad was called in by Hoff and that, uh, all the, cause all the cops were off the scene at that point. And then Gibson's like, oh, shit, he put himself into the body bag. Gibbs goes a the female detective to get every officer back to the station right now. But then a machine gun pops up behind him. <laughs> Like an automated, like robot machine gun pops up and it shoots him and all the other offer- officers, Fair, all dead. Hoff kills the coroner as he opens up the body bag and he takes a knife and slashes his throat. And then he kills the technician from the crime scene as well as he's entering the morgue.
1: Yeah, this is, that was uh, a little nuts. It's just like, it
0: feels like lazy fitting.
1: <laughs> I th- it feels like what it is. Like it is just.
0: I don't know what's happening. It's just. It's ridiculous. As you said, you texted me. Like, how do you feel about Hoffman's like supervillain turn? <laughs> like,
1: it is- all he needs is a mustache to twirl. Like he just becomes supervillain at this point. It's just like comic book Bond supervillain thing at this point. It was way over the top, and that's saying a lot for this movie. It was just way over the top for how things work.
0: I completely agree. But meanwhile, uh, it's the tactical team. They reach a door that says, you were warned. And the team goes in and there's all this toxic gas that starts like spraying at them. So then they die. Hoffman kills another nameless detective. And then we see Bobby putting the hooks into his pectoral muscles. Hoff breaks the female detective's neck and then he sees that there's the two officers watching Jill. Meanwhile, Bobby is pulling himself up on the chains and Jill is pacing when there's a knock at the door. Hoff uses the dead female detective's like face. He like holds her up to the door so that the detective or whoever it is opens the door to answer. Uh, he then stabs him through the bottom of the jaw and then he shoots Rogers through a one-way mirror. Jill grabs something yeah. sharp her cell and Hoff gets the keys off of Detective Rogers and enters the cell and he asks Jill how he looks. Jill then stabs him in the neck and runs and hides. Bobby is almost the extension cord um, and he starts to try to connect it but his muscles rip and the hooks rip out of his body and he falls to the floor.
1: I'm kind of happy that happened.
0: Yeah, I, I'm happy that it was proven that his idea of a saw trap does not work.
1: Because as it's happening, I'm like, there's no way that can hold up your body weight. Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, no, it can't. Oh, good. Yeah, I was right. Yeah, just, yeah. it just doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, I did appreciate that, even though I really wish that his wife didn't die because she's like the one innocent person in this plot.
1: The trap should have like been like an okie doke. Like, like, oh, you failed, so you died for whatever reason. Because what happens is he fails, the timer runs out then like uh, elaborate oven constructs around her and cooks her alive yeah they should have done the same exact thing that say the weird crazy over the top oven still covers her or or encompasses her or whatever then maybe fill the room with deadly gas or something where it kills Bobby but leaves her alive because She's little innocent. Like, she is the one innocent
0: person. But he's the one who needs to be rehabilitated, and he can only do that through the death of all his friends and his wife. That's how Jigsaw works.
1: But it's not. Well, it is how he works now, but it's not. It's not supposed to be. In a perfect world, you know, it's like, he does need to be rehabilitated, but he should have said, oh, you failed, so you die. Ha ha, your wife was never in any danger, or whatever. You know, like in part two, where if you just sit here, you'll get your son back, kind of thing?
0: Yeah. I dislike most of the traps as, like, the series goes on, because Innocent people are constantly being killed and that's the
1: point of the trap. And there's no creativity which is my thing on especially this movie it was just like you know what uh we need five traps. Uh let's hang a guy Let's build an oven like we did in Saw 2. Let's, uh...
0: Well, even the one trap that we liked, the uh, car trap, so that actually had been pitched in one of the, like, early movies, and they were like, no, we don't like that. That's, like, just too, like, much. We don't want it. And they were like, okay, we're gonna bring it in now because they were just lazy. I
1: didn't even know that was pitched earlier, and I'm like, that's the one trap in this movie that kind of fits the Saw motif. Mm -hmm. The one. The rest don't, really. This one does. And it's the one that wasn't supposed to be for this movie anyway, so it's wonderful.
0: But anyways... Where are we? Hoff is tracking Jill through the uh, police station. He finds her in the evidence locker and kicks her in the stomach in a very brutal shot. He then smashes her head on the desk and then straps her to a chair. He takes out the reverse bear trap from the evidence locker and attaches it to Jill's head and sets off the timer. And it, for the first time, kills its victim. And then she's left looking like because like it's like her tongue sticking out and it reminded me in like Beetlejuice when um which I can't think of like Alec Baldwin and them like they make like the weird faces One of them has like the tongue with the eyeballs <laughs> that's what it reminded me of
1: Jill not deserve that fate no but then they changed her character so much between when she was first introduced to now yeah from innocent bystander to complicit accomplice in the span of a movie
0: yeah I don't know I mean I never really liked her but at the same time again with the doesn't deserve to die because. No one deserves to die like this. (laughs) Um, But anyways, Hoffman says game over and he leaves. He goes to his little shop of horrors that's in the store, the shipping container or whatever. And he goes and gets a duffel bag with money and his gun. He then sets the shop on fire and leaves as it explodes behind him. Uh, but while he's pouring the gasoline, we hear a newscaster saying that this is the largest attack on police officers. There are nine officers dead and Jill is dead, too. There's blockades set up at every major in- intersection for a 30 mile radius. And then as Hoffman's trying to leave, he's attacked by several pig faces and he's stabbed in the neck with the good old Happy Juice syringe. And then we get the reveal.
1: Dr. Gorin takes the mask off. And he has been a Saw devotee this entire time. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm usually pretty good at that one. Uh,
0: We get a flashback to Jill dropping off that package. Uh, I can't remember if it was movie five or six. And it was addressed. it It was addressed to Dr. Gordon. It's a tape of John. And so another tape time. Hello, Dr. Gordon. You are perhaps my greatest asset. We then cut to a flashback of Dr. Gordon in the hallway after cauterizing his stump. John drags him off and wakes him up with a splash of water and congratulates him for surviving. You then have a montage of Jigsaw helping him heal. Then uh, the tape continues. Without my work over the last few, without you, my work over the last few years would not have been possible. And we cut to Dr. Gordon doing all of the medical procedures that we've seen that I don't think I actually ever verbalized it, but I was always wondering, like, was Jigsaw secretly a doctor in his last life? How is he able to do all these
1: surgical cuts and things? (laughs) like now you see the the, the key in the eye from part two or I think it was part two or three yeah that was two and that was two like all they I like the way they went through it. Like They just show him a bunch of times like oh look oh surgical thing surgical thing it just keeps on he did all these things yeah. so it was pretty cool.
0: Also one that suggested that Lynn would be the ideal victim slash doctor yeah. for Jigsaw. He also is one that wrote the I know what you did last summer note to Hoffman. John's tape continues that having been said I have a request watch over Jill and should anything happen to her I want you to act immediately on my behalf. In return for that I will keep no more secrets from you i've shown you a lot of places but there is one that will be perhaps the most meaningful to you we then cut to the saw one bathroom and hoffman is chained up and dr gordon is flipping the lights on we we finally see zep's body there (laughs) as well as adam's hoff goes for the chain and then he reaches for the hacksaw but dr gordon moves it out of reach for him he then picks it up and he says i don't think so he throws it out of the room and says, "Game over." Locking Hoff in the room, and that is the
1: movie. Dun, 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 dun. Uh. <laughs> this is ugh I don't even know what to think about this movie there's somebody that likes to sauce as much as I do I, and I want to say do I want to use present tense but so I don't want to say I don't like it anymore these movies to say they don't hold up to this in-depth scrutiny is one thing but you just everything just becomes so much more glaring the laziness after Lee L leaves the money grab the cash grab of it all just comes back like oh we're just going to sensationalize some of these traps we're going to be very vague and and unclear with motivations from here on out. It's just like, we're just going to do whatever it takes. And this movie, on top of all, it's like it's rushing to finish. Like, it starts off, like, the traps... Like all right, we need to hurry up. We need to like all right, who's pushing you? Like we need to just hurry up and get to the end of this movie. If Barry spends any time on the um what was probably supposed to be the bulk of the movie, uh the Bobby traps, you know, the whole that whole game, which is ridiculous because Bobby, you, you we know his reason for being there, which is fun, which is what it is. Right um as I think I was telling you before we started recording, I love the idea of someone faking being in a saw trap to make money because that is something that Jigsaw of course would have attacked. He, of course he would have done something about that because yeah. he, is, he is nothing if not quote not honor isn't the right word he's, he's nothing if not thorough about that kind of stuff like he would just been all about like no you're, you're corrupting my message there it is you're corrupting my message you need to you need to pay for that yeah it's not personal it you know so that would have made sense. then they dropped the ball at every turn after that mm-hmm. good idea, oh. yeah, I agree.
0: I mean, as I said, like I started to check out of this movie really early, and then the further I got into it, i didn't I didn't like most things about this movie other than that concept of yeah, like he's in these traps because. He tried to profit on people's tragedies. From that I really didn't like much about this movie. Uh, uh, well, I did like the bookends of Doctor Gordon because, as we've been saying this entire time, I've been waiting 17 years to know what happened Dr. to Doctor Gordon. So I did appreciate that. But that's very few things I appreciated about this movie.
1: No, I liked the Doctor Gordon of it, but it looked very tacked on, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. So what would you have done to fix it? Oh boy,
1: Ugh, the things! Oh, so many, so many things. In this movie. All right, let's, uh because I don't like to tear it apart Uh so w- what do they want alright fine they want for the main trap to be this guy that's using Jigsaw's quote unquote pure message to make money and corrupting it alright fine and they also need to wrap up this whole Hoffman Joe hunting situation on the other side because this is quote unquote definable they had two movies but they made it one. It's fine I could still work with that just make the first trap the, the game the Bobby game a whole lot less intricate remove the wife just remove her entirely we don't need her character oh we just need Evil people in this trap all the way around. That way, when they all failed, we don't feel bad. We just need bad people all the way around. And they try to walk it both ways with Bobby too. He is used the situation to further himself, but also while he's in it, they're playing him in a way like he has reformed and feels bad for what is going on. Yeah. At this point, just make him a supervillain. At this point, because already Hoff is already a supervillain. He's already a Bond supervillain in one name. Well, screw it. This dude is just evil. He's irredeemable. Also, you have these people in the trap. You have the lawyer, the publicist, his friend. Fine. Show me why they're there. Because as I said earlier, the publicist, she's just a publicist. She got hired to get this guy bookings on TV shows and sell his book. Mm-hmm. Whether or not she knows the, what he's doing is a lie or true is never explained to me. So Mick, and I think you said it yourself, like you thought she was in the bar scene. Screw it. Put her in the bar scene. Mm-hmm. Have one more scene with it out fine we're gonna make you the guy that does this i have a contact and a, and a publisher i do public i do publicity for a living i'm a lawyer you know whatever it's a plot amongst these four people
0: yeah there's that's what i was definitely missing for most of the traps is that we get the jigsaw tape of oh they did this thing and it's just like a throwaway line that you could quickly forget, like with the first trap of the, the stupid throwaway line of "she's made you break the law." It's like, how did they break the law? What did they do? Can we get any background on these people except for that? Like, this is just a terrible sexist trap. <laughs> like, what is happening here? And-
1: because in part one they had to, those little one-off traps, right? They had to, like uh, the guy in the cage. Oh, you, you didn't value life because you tried because you cut yourself, so now you have to cut yourself to live. All right, fine. You don't need a lot, yeah, but you need something. In the original movies, the tape would say, you did this. You didn't value your life by doing X, so now you have to do Y to survive the situation. Mm-hmm. Screw it. You already have the tape. Just have the tape say it. You don't even need to show it. You need to do something intricate. Don't just say, hey, you, you broke the law to, to give this girl money.
0: Yeah, and again with Most of the traps weren't really that Mm -hmm. interesting or inventive. I don't know. There was just a whole lot about this movie. I didn't like that. I feel like we would have to scrap a whole bunch of it and start again.
1: Didn't need to scorch the ground and murder all the cops either? That was just gratuitous. Gibson could still fail. Hoffman could still win because they had a cool idea of making Gibson run around all over the city, pulling cops out of the police station to have it empty for when Hoff is there. Mm -hmm. That was... That was a cool idea that they didn't even focus on. You have to think about it. Oh, it makes sense. They pull into this place because you're going to take backup with them. Oh, they're going to. I'm going to tell them where the warehouse is. Don't take backup with him there oh um, I'm gonna I'm a bring him back to the gas station he has backup there so then when Hoffman's in the gas station I mean in the police station he's a, pretty much alone with like a skeleton crew yeah make that like make that an intricate part of the plan because it is a cool idea and it ties into something they've done in the, all the other movies where cops were allergic to backup and they want to bring them anywhere. Mm-hmm. so it's all they have good kernels of ideas here they have seeds that they didn't plant they just have seeds that, oh that's a cool idea but we're not gonna plant this or water this or cultivate it we're just gonna have it and we just going to take the laziest, most straightforward route. And since we only have one movie now, now we have to rush to fit all this in. And I'm just mm-hmm. going to jam it all in there. And be very disjointed, very like this movie feels like it's 25 minutes long. Like I said, before we started, it was like they're filming under the speed conditions that, oh, if the cameras stop rolling, they blow up we need to keep on rolling and just keep on shooting and we'll, we'll screw it, we'll make it. That's fair. What would you rate it? The thing is, it's not good. It's irresponsible and it's just lazy. It's lazy is what is more than anything else. Because Everything I don't like about it is just, it's laziness. So it tells a story. It wrapped things up. Jill didn't deserve her death either. They're just like, screw it, we gotta get rid of Jill, so kill her. Hoffman, we need to get rid of him. We have Gordon Beck, so do that. So I would rate it maybe, I guess a five? That's fair.
0: I, I was going to give it a four, but then I remembered the Whole dr gordon thing so i gave it a 4.5 <laughs> <laughs> right. because i appreciate that just like i appreciated them in creating uh escape rooms before so you know have to give them a point for that
1: and they should have done a little they you have gordon and what about the gordon the other two guys in the pig masks? i want to know about them i want to know what the hell gordon is doing in his little in his wherever he yeah
0: is. I, I agree i want to know who else is behind the pig masks I agree. I don't know. So far, the series is sitting at 59% for us. We'll see how Jigsaw rates
1: it. Uh, uh, I'm, I have hope left for Spiral. Spiral comes out in May. We have to figure out what we're going to do then.
0: We'll do like a special episode.
1: I guess if you guys might have figured next week, it's going to be not Saw 8, but Jigsaw.
0: Yeah. We're excited. All right. Well, we will see you next week. And you can follow us in the meantime on social media, Instagram, Facebook, at Series of Horrors Podcast.
1: And you can always email us any of your feedback, movie reviews, suggestions. Like I said last time, recipes I like to cook. Or just questions, concerns, anything you'd like to talk to us about, we are always here and around. Uh, series of horrors at gmail.com. Also, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. You know, just, hey, let people know about us. If you have a friend that likes horror, likes Series of Horrors, likes a whole bunch of stuff, like that like, hey give us a shot hit the bell hit the arrow whatever whatever you have to do on these things i don't know i'm old man um <laughs> send the word out send the word out scream <laughs> outside a window
0: stand on a rooftop <laughs> scream or in the middle of the street with your hands out at your side and turning in circles you know whatever way
1: whatever works for you hey just you know just let people know about us so jackie yes jeff i don't know
0: <laughs> <laughs> i guess this is our goodbye
1: I suppose so, you know
0: We'll see ya. Alright,
1: bye guys. Have a good week. Bye.